This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Malbro, and it's the dog days of the offseason. So this podcast is going to get fucking ridiculous. We have uh, Bizarro Saints Mount Rushmore that we're going to discuss. We're going to talk about Kevin's intro music. We get to that at the end. Um, we have way too much fun with that. And we have Saints minicamps to discuss. And here to talk about it all is Andrew Juch from The Saints Nation and Kevin Held from Hakeem's Drops the Ball and uh, Canal Street Chronicles when he deems to write something magnificent, which is every four months or so. Our fearless leader is in Atlanta, Dave Cariello, tweeting fantastic photos of what he's eating for lunch and dinner. He's doing something for work, so he can't <laughs> join us. So, Dave, uh, have fun eating a four-star meal in Atlanta. All right, Andrew, I'm going to start with you. Saints are in minicamp, and minicamp is one of those things that drives me nuts because you can almost – I feel like the Times-Picayune and, and the news media, they plan out their stories. They're like, okay, we got to have the story about the veteran that's been – Kind of bad the last couple of years, but he's in great shape and he's going to turn it around. All right, let's do Jonathan Vilma check. And then they're like, okay, we got to have a rookie who was injured or didn't perform well, but now he's looking fantastic in minicamp. Uh, we got to do a story on him. Okay, Nick Toon check. Okay, we got to do a story on a guy who either wasn't drafted or was drafted late, and he's going to be the next uh, garbage bin find that the Saints collect and he's going to be awesome uh rufus johnson check and i feel like they do all these stories and it makes everybody feel good about the team but isn't really minicamp isn't it fucking worthless as far as figuring anything out it's completely worthless guys are in short um you know it's until guys get in pads which is what football is all about you really can't attribute much of anything to it. Now, I do think you at least get a hint of some ideas about the skill positions because at least with the receivers, the running routes, the corners are covering, the quarterbacks are throwing the ball, those mechanics are kind of largely being utilized when they do wear pads. So you can at least get some idea with those positions. But beyond that, the offensive line, the running backs, the linebackers tackling, the defensive line, I mean, it's pretty much it's pretty much installments of the plays, and they're just learning. And and really beyond that, I I wouldn't take anything from from what these people are saying. And you know, it, it's funny. Uh, I got to give a shout out to a couple of people. Reed Reed G, um, who on Twitter made made some comment about it's official. Rufus Rufus Johnson and Alden Smith have now been mentioned in the same sentence on Saints Report. Um, so. It is. You know, a classic example of a guy that's in shorts running around. He's tall, he's fast, and all of a sudden he is compared to arguably the best defensive player in football. So, obviously, I mean, as a six-round pick, or I can't remember if he's fifth or sixth round, but regardless, it's obviously that guy's not that good, and it's just another absurd example of 
fans jumping the gun on a guy that's had a couple good practices. Um, and then I think it was Wang, of, you know, at Moose Denied on Twitter that made a comment that um, one of the receivers was, I think it was Jared Faison, is, is the recipient of the Adrian Harrington slash Anime Ojo Award, which is basically two receivers that have been historically just absolutely praised by every Saints fan as being the next Jerry Rice, only to not make the 53-man roster. So um, I, I feel like every year we go through this exercise and, and there's there's fans that still just continue to hang on to it. It's silly, it's stupid, and, um, you know, now the media's gotten smart and, and they, they keep telling people, like, don't put much thought into this. This isn't that – they're just learning the plays. And I think but let's just – Reiterate that right now, everyone. When you read these mini camp updates, take them with a grain of salt. It's just installments, and it doesn't mean that some random dude is is going to be starting. I mean, let's wait until training camp when the pads come on and they start tackling. We'll get a better idea for how these guys are doing. Oh, I I completely agree with that, Kevin. Um, Charles Brown, he can't even stay healthy during mini camp. Um. So, how concerned? I, and I asked, I asked this of Dave last week, and if I, I'm repeating myself, the, the whole left tackle thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay this case out to you, and you tell me if I'm completely batshit crazy. Charles Brown is going into his fourth year, so whether he plays great or whether he plays terrible, he's probably not going to be on the Saints roster next year because the Saints don't pay tackles big money. So that to me means it's even more likely that Armstead's going to be the left tackle because he's the future. And Charles Brown, let's say he plays great and makes the Pro Bowl, the Saints aren't paying him for one good year. So either he or Jason Smith has got to be leaps and bounds better than Armstead to win the job. That's my theory. Am I insane? No. Sink and to the point, no. Uh, you know, Brown's hurt, Armstead, uh, the, and again, you're talking to a guy who does not pay that much attention to training camp stuff. So Don't waste I'll, time at work going to NOLA.com and Saints Report and Canal Street Chronicles? Come on. I go to Canal Street Chronicles, but, uh, but, but I, I tend to go there for the, uh, for the jocularity. <laughs> and yes, that's a word. Look it up, folks. Uh, just read the comments. You don't read the articles. I do that sometimes. Right, right, right. Uh, I'll hang. I'll I'll hang up and listen. Um, <laughs> that's that's basically me. Um, you know, Jason Brown, Jason Smith. I won't call him Jason Brown. Jason Smith. I know him from being a complete utter fucking bust with the same, with, with the Rams. So he's useless, and I don't expect a goddamn thing out of him. And if Charles Brown isn't isn't fully healthy, then then I expect Armstead will just take the reins. And, and it's it's his job to lose. It's his spot to lose. Unless Brown somehow comes back and starts blowing uh, blowing people away. I, I mean, I'm reading an update that he took that he was taking first team reps uh, today. So I, I, I mean, unless he really impresses, I, I, I could definitely see him rolling with Armstead at some point this season. Yeah. Um. 
Andrew, I will say this. The more I think about the Saints receivers with Colston being up in age, not, well, Colston, I wouldn't say he's on the, clearly he's not on the downside of his career, but he's getting to that, he's getting to that 30-year-old range where you start to worry. Lance Moore is a lot older than you think. Lance Moore has been with the Saints since 05. He was on the practice squad, so he's not exactly young. How important is it that one of these receivers, whoever it is, Nick Toon or Kenny Stills, one of them's got, or, or Joseph Morgan. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. One of them's got to step up and got to contribute a lot and not just be a 20 to 30 catch guy. One of them's got to be a 40 to 50 catch guy. Is that... Is that fair on my part or no? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if you look at the Saints' offense when it was at its best, um, it had Colston that was moving the chains. It had Lance Moore as kind of a jack-of-all-trades, you know, a guy that runs good routes, will find the soft spot in his zone, but can stretch the field a little bit too. Then you have Devery, who was kind of a one-trick deep-threat pony. And you had Meacham, who was kind of, kind of a similar role to, to Devery, kind of a, a big play threat. So two guys that stretch the field, the Swiss Army knife and, and a, you know, safety valve. And so, you know, you, you think about who fulfills those roles now, and Colston, I think he ages gracefully because he's not one of those guys that relies on speed. Um, you know, he, he's all about his frame and his athleticism, and, um, you know, his frame isn't going away. So as long as he stays in shape, and we know he works very hard and diligently to keep his body right. So I, I'm not worried about Colton. I think he'll age gracefully. More, you know, he runs great routes. Another guy that works really hard. His game is a lot about his fantastic hands, some of the best in the league. Um, so I think he ages pretty gracefully, too, although his game is a little bit more predicated on speed. And so um, – you know, obviously, as you get older, that that's a little tough. Now, you add Jimmy Graham to the mix, it just adds a completely new dimension, which they didn't have um, really in 09 when they won the Super Bowl. So, um, certainly not in the playoff run. So, that's another nice add-on. But then behind that, I don't really think Joe Morgan develops into I, – I think he's found his niche in the NFL. I think he, he he's going to develop as a field stretcher. I think he's a, he stays a kind of a one-trick pony deep threat. 
Um, he doesn't run, run routes great. He doesn't have great hands. So I, I just don't think he's ever going to become a receiver that finds a soft spot in the zone and, and does those kinds of things for the Saints. I really think he's the field stretcher um, replacing what Devery Henderson used to do for the Saints. And, you know, I'm not saying he can't improve, and he definitely can, but I think that's his role with the Saints in his niche. So um, they absolutely, I think, need that fourth guy, a guy that can be a reliable 30 to 50 ball receiver. And I'm I'm still hoping that's Nick Toons. Nick Toons, excuse me. I, I think Kenny Stills, I don't know that he's going to contribute in year one. I think he could easily be an IR guy. And if he does play, he strikes me as the niche speedster, field stretcher as well. So Nick Toon, to me, is a, is an extension potentially of Colston, a guy with size, with a nice frame that has more speed than Colston. Um, they could add a nice dimension if he puts it all together. And we know he has the NFL pedigree from his dad being an NFL receiver. So, um, I was excited about that draft pick last year. We didn't get to see him play much, but that's the one guy that I think can transform the Saints offense into really good, like top five in the NFL, to number one record-setting pace again because they've got the backs, they've got the tight end, they've got the quarterback, they've got the top two receivers to do it. If Tune, I think, is the X factor. If he becomes that 30, if he even comes close to matching what Meacham was able to do for the Saints in 09, then then we're talking back to number one offense in the NFL, historical proportions, greatest show on turf. So, I mean, if you're if you're looking at a guy and hoping that one guy steps up and transforms himself, I really think it's Nick Tune. Kevin, I was going to ask you, who do you who? I know you're in the tank for Kenny. You like Kenny Stills because he he seems like the potential to be the most fun. But who do you think of the three is the most likely guy to step up? Oh man, oh I'm not going to count Kenny Stills because I I think it's I mean it's a certainty that he's going to be be on the roster as as one of the you know he'll be on that that starting four. Uh, Colston Moore, who am I looking at? Colston Moore, Stills. I'm, I'm looking at the damn list. Where the hell is the fourth guy? I Morgan, was... Morgan, Morgan, Morgan. Morgan, sorry, and Morgan. Um, yeah, I can definitely see it being Nick Toon because Nick Toon uh, is the second tall. Is well, he's the tallest guy out of the rest of the bunch. He's six three and he's two eighteen, and he's got the he's got the years on some of these guys. And he's been working with the Saints this whole time, and so he knows the, he you know he sort of knows the playbook as it is, and he's got that experience, and the coaching staff obviously thinks he can he's capable of doing something. Otherwise, they wouldn't have, you know, kept him around, or or you know kept him on the team or kept having him. Uh, so I definitely think this is that. This is his uh, shit or get off the pot year, so I, I definitely see him stepping up, and I'll throw in as a as a maybe a potential what the fuck, <laughs> uh, Brent Leonard, the guy from Louisiana Monroe. Oh, interesting. And I and I'm I'm throwing I'm throwing him out there with like that's literally a pick from the ass, no real reason, just. I saw a couple. I saw a couple of nice things said about him uh, over a couple of days, and that's about it. Is Andy Tanner still on the roster? Yeah, yeah, he is, and he's looking good as usual. So yeah, he, you I, know, he, he's one of those guys that's so limited physically that 
Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's an uphill battle for him to um, beat out all these physical specimens, but he, he's he's one of those guys that's always going to make you earn your roster spot. He's yeah. going to work hard. He's going to do all the right things. He's going to be there at the end. And, you know, if he gets beat out for a roster spot, then you feel good about the guys ahead of him because you feel like they earned it. Yeah, I felt really bad for him last year. I felt he was really, really close to making the roster, and then he got hurt. You know, and oh, it was con- and it, he had it sewn up. What's that? He had, he had and it was the per, it was kind of the perfect storm for him because they because Nick Toon got banged up and they you know they that uh, Meacham had left and they hadn't drafted these guys yet so it was sort of like the perfect storm for him to make the roster and the, and he got injured and I just you know it's it's life but I mean a lot of these players you, sometimes you 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 really feel bad for them because you know that they're NFL lifespan is very short, and you know they're they're clinging to try to stay in the league. And anyway, I felt bad for Andy. I, I did feel bad for Andy Tanner, just like I kind of well remember uh, Lionel Hamilton. You know, he was a guy that his moment finally came, and then he blew out his knee, I think, in a practice against New England one preseason. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Kevin is. I'm getting a lot of things on my Twitter feed. People are telling me, oh, the, the, you're so worried, but you make fun of the pass rush, and you and Andrew, you're saying they need to go get a pass rush. The pass rush is fine. They got Galette. They got all these new people. I feel like there is a groundswell of people, even maybe larger than usual, that they get confused. They confuse hope with actual production of players. And I feel like that has already happened with the Saints pass rush. People feel like they got Rob Ryan, they got Junior Gallet and Martez Wilson, and you know uh, Victor Butler, and all these, and and they feel like this like this pass rush is so much improved. I don't feel that way at all. I still still feel like this pass rush until they prove it to me. It kind of sucks. Um, am I wrong to think that, or am I just not drinking the Kool Aid, and that's what I need to do? Was that a qu- oh shit. Was that a question? I don't know. It was a rambling, incoherent statement about about a shitty pass rush. That's what it was. Uh I mean I defer to what Andrew said at the beginning of the podcast where you can't take you can't, you, you you know, if you look at fucking the if you look at the preseason as with as not being Full proof as not being full on proof, and you and you're always hesitant in training in, in uh in the preseason. Then you have to look at training camp with maybe a handful of sand. And I'm one of the, you know just fuck make the cuts, evaluate whoever you're going to evaluate, and if guys are looking good, fine, whatever. And this is obviously more rambling and incoherent than the thing you just than the thing you just said. But basically, roll out whoever you're going to roll out as your starting eleven in the preseason, and I'll start making judgments there. And then you know, fuck, it's you're implementing a whole new system, whole new defensive coordinator. The team is coming off being the worst defensive squad in the history of fucking organized football. So, what are you going to say? Uh, or, or what is there to say? What is there to say? 
Well, here's... Have, you, you, the bar is fucking as low as it's going to be, so... I, I mean, have they improved upon it? Christ, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I don't see how you can't improve on it. You go, oh, it can, I mean, it, it fucking, can happen. I mean, it's fucking don't. addition by subtraction, essentially. I mean, you you shifted the system. You you changed the entire system. You changed the the the, 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 the fucking scheme. You brought in a new guy. Obviously, something you know by by changing it, you're well, saying, you're you're saying, well, here we're trying to do something new. So that in of itself is positive. Well, that's we brought. You know, we drafted this guy and this guy. That's positive. We brought in this guy to sort of challenge some other people. That's positive. Well, here's here's the here's the interesting point that I that that you sparked when you were when you were rambling, just as incoherent as I was a minute ago, Andrew. With the Saints' new defense in the preseason, how do you think they play it? Do they do sort of what Greg Williams did in '09, where? They kind of showed a lot of stuff in the preseason. They were blitzing people. They were, I mean, they basically, for three opponents, they just mauled people. And people were like, holy shit, this, it, it doesn't matter. It's just the preseason. And I was like, I don't know if it matters or not, but I've never seen the Saints drop kick people in the preseason 40 to nothing like they had been doing. So if you had to guess, are we going to see a lot of exotic things in the preseason? And, and Rob Ryan's like, hey, we got to work on it, so we're just going to show it all. And you'll have to prepare for it, or do they kind of keep it secret and we don't see anything? Yeah, I think it's the former because um, I, I don't feel like you can assume anything. I don't. I don't think anything's promised at this point. And um, when you have something as disastrous as the Saints defense did last year, um, you really got to start from scratch. And so I think it's every man for himself. It's it's. No, no position is promised. You're going to have to earn it. And so I absolutely think Rob Ryan's going to throw the kitchen sink, and he's going to give every guy an opportunity in preseason to show what he has. And um, I think Sean Payton's attitude is, look, no one's – I don't care if you're a veteran. I don't care what you are. It's a new system. Last year was awful, and you better show us something if you want to start because um, if one of these undrafted rookies – Shows me more than you in the preseason. Will Smith, I'm looking at you, Will Smith. I'm looking at you, Jonathan Vilma. I'm looking at you, Roman Harper. If any of these undrafted rookies show me more than what you're, you're going to show me in preseason, then they're starting over you, and I might be cutting you. So I, I think that's the attitude they have to have based on what happened last season. I think when you're the number one offense in the NFL, five years running, then you go into the preseason with, let's just make sure no one gets hurt. We know we can score points. We know we can move the football. You know, we've got an established core that feels good. So the goal is to get through the preseason, survive it, no injuries. That's not that's not the goal as far as I'm concerned with the defense. Frankly, any one of the 11 starters could get injured, and I'd be like, well, that sucks. We lost the starter, but the defense is terrible anyway. It's not like it's that big of a deal. Like, how much worse can the next guy possibly be? So, um so, I mean, I don't think it's do the preseason. I don't think that's the attitude for the defense. I think the attitude is very much the 06 post-Katrina mentality of go in there and show what you can do, and if it's good enough, you're a starter. If it's not good enough, you're cut. And that applies to every single guy on the unit. Well, it sounds to me like, Andrew and Kevin, I want you to chime in on this. It sounds to me like during the preseason, it isn't going to be – for the de- for the defense, it isn't going to be – Eh, well, it's the preseason. 
we are going to want to see progress, or at least in Kevin's mind, it was Kevin said earlier, not being the worst defense of all time. And if we see signs of trouble, it isn't going to be like a regular preseason where we just brush it off. Um, I mean, is that is that is it is it is it fair to say, Kevin? After preseason game one, when we have a Google chat, which we're planning on doing live, or we do a live show, and the Saints have given up 200 yards of rushing, it's full-blown panic, and that'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, the the panic will definitely start from a high point uh, in the preseason. Again, based on what we're coming off of. So... We can. It's like we can either we can either go the the Saints report route, or and 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 you know I feel I feel bad sort of singling them out, but we can go message board guy route and compare fucking Rufus Johnson to or, or Rufus Tarleton. Jesus Christ, I, I'm I'm or Tarleton's where he went to college. He, I'm I'm losing my fucking mind. I'm taking too many shots to the head. Um. Either either we can start throwing around the Alden Smith comparison right off the cuff, or or we just say, look, training camp is fucking training camp. Everybody's gonna get get, get some spots to shine. Guys, you know, the guys that are cut, they're being cut for a reason that that uh, for obvious reasons. The coaching staff obviously sees more, knows more than we do. So let's just you know slow our collective roll here and wait till preseason rolls around. And then when the preseason rolls around, then I guess we'll sort of become the de facto message board guys to a degree by flipping the fuck out if slash when the defense surrenders 200 yards in a fucking preseason game. I don't care if it's third string or not playing at that point. Uh, Because, again, at that point we're seeing actual competition against another team and guys are still competing for something. They're competing for their fucking jo- for, for for a job and a spot. And it's 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 certainly got far more weight than anything does now or in the or in the near future. So I'll I'll definitely I'll definitely be pushing the panic button. Now if by if by shit if by preseason game four if the first couple of series the Saints defense actually looks good against you know the the the, the opponent first team okay. I'll, I'll be nervous going into week one against the Falcons at home. And and, and uh, maybe that's unavoidable. Maybe that's unavoidable going into week one against the Falcons uh, at, at home. Maybe, it's, maybe there's no way to get around being worried going into that game. Unless the Saints somehow show up as a defense and are just like, you know, look look impervious for, for – and, and, again, that, that, that would knock me for a loop. I'm not expecting that. So maybe it's, um, maybe I, as a fan, am setting myself up to go into week one of the regular season, you know, worried anyway. Well, the odd thing about the Saints defense is they match up well against Atlanta for some strange fucking reason. And, and Andrew, I would argue that their best defensive performance, I know most people would say it's the shutout against Tampa, but I would argue it was that Thursday night when Drew Brees melted down and didn't even throw a touchdown. That was the performance where the defense was actually holding it together and kept them in the game. 
as strange as that sounds. Yeah, and um, well, you know, my, th- this year they've got um, Steven Jackson, and I think part of why they were able to slow down the Falcons is Michael Turner was basically a corpse, and the Saints really did an effective job in those games of stopping the run. Um, and so they controlled the line of scrimmage there, and it really forced the Falcons to be pass-heavy and one-dimensional. And you know, obviously, it's a little easier to stop offenses when you do that. So, um, but we'll see. You know, we'll see what, what what this year brings. But you know, just expanding on what Kevin said, I mean, I, I think the message was clear from Saints camp. They they fired Spagnola, um, they changed schemes. They hired a new defensive coach, and the only player they've cut so far is Johnny Patrick. So they've cut everyone else. So the message they're sending is clear. It's not the talent. It's not the players. It was the scheme. It was the guy running the scheme. It's on him. That's, that, that's, they're, that, they're feeding us that that's the reason why the, the team, the, it was such a disaster, the defense. And so, okay, mm-hmm. I'm game. I'll buy. I'm buying in on it. Okay, sounds good. So – Obviously, the talent's better than what we saw last year, um, but I, I better start seeing that right away. That, yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it. Like if you're telling me that it was on the coach, okay, now we've got a new scheme, now we've got a new coach, problem fixed, right? So I better start seeing some results right away in preseason, or like you said, I'm going to start hitting the panic button because I'm going to say, wait a minute, Sean, you told me it was on the coach. You told me the talent was fine. If the defense starts looking awful again, I'm going to start questioning your theory, and I'm going to start thinking to myself, it is the talent. Well, it it, it could be the talent. It could be that uh, Sean Payton just doesn't know how to pick a defensive coordinator, but we'll, we have plenty of time to get into that. Right now, we're going to we're, we're not going to do the whole topic because I think it's a it's a two week process. But all props to Reed Gilbert, uh, Saints Win blog. He tweeted this out. Do we do we need to have a, a bizarro Saints Mount Rushmore? Andrew saw it, retweeted it, and we were just like, hell yes, we have to have a Saints bizarro Mount Rushmore. Um, so before we can even start voting, we have to figure out the criteria. So, Kevin, I'm going to start with you. Is it just horrible Saints players that had a horrible year, or is it people that ruined the franchise for years on end, like John Meekum or Fred Williamson, a GM in the 70s who was god-awful, or Dick Gordon? Is it horrible coaches like John North, who they got from the Richmond uh, Roadrunners in the 70s, who was like a a semi-pro team, and he, they made him the head coach of the Saints, and everybody was like, what the fuck? Or is it players that just drove fans crazy, like Aaron Brooks, even though he was really good at times and won a playoff game, you look at them and, you th- and it just drives you nuts. What's yeah. the cry? What's the, what's sort of the starting point in your mind for who goes on the bizarro Saints Mount Rushmore? I mean, all of that is perfectly valid. I mean, if you can, if you throw out a name and say, here's why. And, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm up for being sold on anybody. I, I mean, I guess the first thing I look at is infamy of some sort. Yeah. There has to be some yeah. infamous reason why you belong on this on this list. And I, I, I suppose that infamy sort of covers most of what you're saying. If the guy was an all-out shitty player, okay, fine. That, that qualifies for me. If a guy was was consistently inconsistent and maddening, that's fine, too. If the guy was, you know, 
Peter, you know, came on board, petered out, and went on to do something else that was ridiculous, or went elsewhere and was suddenly great for some reason after sucking with the Saints, that's fine. If the guy ate himself out the lead, that's fine, too. If the guy, you know, became more famous for uh, for attacking a member of the sports media, that's fine, too. Uh, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Whatever floats your boat. I mean, this is this is the this is the bizarro Saints Mount Rushmore. So I think we can be, hopefully, we'll be a little bit less uh, insane than the, than the decision making process for uh, the Saints Mount Rushmore. Oh, I think it's I think it's even more insane and more complicated, Andrew. I think the 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 feeling of the Mount Rushmore people when you see them, it should be warm and glowing, and you're happy, and it gives you a tingly feeling. The bizarro Mount Rushmore, it needs to be not just disappointment, just like frustration and angst. I mean, it's it. I don't know, Andrew. Take it away. I'm I'm losing yeah, my, no, my I, I think it. it's got to have a little bit of everything. So I, I think all of these different facets that we've talked about have a place on on this thing. I don't think it has to be a uniform. You have to have been awful. I mean, look, if we were going to pick four guys that were just, let's say, the worst four players in Saints history, it would be, that'd be boring. It'd be four guys from the 70s, you know, and that, that half the fan base hasn't even heard of. So, and that, that, that's super fun. So, I think the only real criteria here is that, you know, kind of expanding on what Kevin said, I agree. I think it's just got to be four guys that wouldn't qualify for the real Saints Mount Rushmore. So anyone else, any guy that wasn't good enough to at least be in the discussion for the Mount Rushmore is automatically eligible for the Bizarro one. So, I mean, carte blanche, it could be anything. I think the only requirement is that it's kind of, something about them is kind of weird. So, you know, you brought Brooks, great call. Um, you know, I'm, guys that immediately come off my head. I mean, you, you made a, a subtle reference to it, Kevin, but, Jim Everett, jumping uh, at Jim Rome. You know, that that was an infamous moment in Saints history right before he came to town and it got fans fired up. So, you know, that's worthy of discussion. You know, Toy Toast Cook and Jason David, who are the two guys most commonly known for getting burned badly by receivers throughout their whole career despite having decent statistics, um, those are two guys. I mean, Tom Dempsey with his mutant foot, you know, I think belongs in in the discussion. So I, I think there's all sorts of ways you can go with this, and that's what makes it fun. And, you know, bizarro as a word, I, I kind of view that as a synonym of weird. So as long as it's kind of a little weird, then, then it fits. Yeah, and I mean, it can be also be – it can also be guys that, like John Gilliam, he, he returned the opening kickoff for the Saints – opening kickoff in the team history. Every you know, most Saints fans know who that is. But a lot of them don't know also too that the Saints couldn't figure out how to fucking use him to save their life. He went to Minnesota, went to three Pro Bowls, played in a couple of Super Bowls, because Minnesota's like, Yeah, he's a pretty good receiver. If you have a decent quarterback, you can get him the ball. <laughs> and you know, so he could be on there too. It's uh yeah. you know I mean ha- happy seller is a candidate Based on his name alone. <laughs> is Kevin is Ditka could be a guy yeah. for it, yeah. just so much yeah. angst and just nope. is 
You know, because Ricky he had Williams, a lot of, we had a lot Ricky of optimism Williams. for Ditka when they first hired him, but he ended up being a complete failure. And, and yeah, and he fucking set the franchise back several years with the whole Ricky Williams trade. Oh, I mean, Williams. I'm not, you know, like, like that's it, that's uh, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to think about now. Anybody? It's it, it, it just it's. I mean, you know, people, people fucking, you know, we're 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 throwing conniption fits on St. Louis radio over the 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 deal that the Rams and the Redskins made that that that, that brought the red that got the Redskins with Robert Griffin the third. So, fuck, man! Imagine, imagine your coach coming out. Or hearing that your coach is like, hey, guys, 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 I want the number one pick because I want this guy so bad. I am giving away everything. Everything. Every fucking plan. Every fucking need. All the coaches are saying, coach, we need this, we need this. No, 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 no. We need this one guy. This one guy is going to fucking fix everything. Unless that fucking player comes from... The University of Kansas, and his name is Clark fucking Kent. <laughs> that one guy ain't gonna fucking save you. <sighs> he ain't gonna fucking save you coming out the draft. I don't give a fuck who he is. And there's some there's some smart ass somewhere who's gonna say uh, Andrew Luck. He turned around the Indianapolis Colts. Fuck you in the pants for trying to bring that shit up. One guy comes in and and helps fix a position, it's fucking everybody else that's got to get turned around, too. The whole fucking system has to get turned around. You come in and you say we're bringing in one player and not, and not other bodies, that's, you're, you're, that's, that's asinine. That's absolutely asinine. You set a franchise back by doing something like that. So absolutely, it, it should be up for discussion on this. Andrew, is there, you know, and also, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to, when we post it on Canal Street Chronicles, I'm going to go in the thread, and all you people that are older Saints fans like Hans and Cold Pizza, jump in there and help us, because we don't, when, when, we start, when we start voting next week and, and, and building it, we don't want to miss anybody, and I feel like there's a lot, Andrew, I feel like there's, there's a wide berth of spectrum. I mean, you know, you could argue... Dave Wilson, is, if you want to go really old school, or I, I mean, is there any is there any name in your head that's burning that you just drives you nuts with the Saints when you, when people I mean, say his the, name? The, the two the two Billy Joes. I mean, that oh, was, the Billy. Uh, we can lump them all together. Billy it's Joe Murphy. Cut him in half. Yeah. <laughs> We'll have to get somebody to Photoshop that bitch up, but it could be like yeah. Billy Joe Werfel, all the Ditka quarterbacks. No, um, but, um, you know, I think – I mean, I'll say this first of all. Aaron Brooks, and I think we should make this unanimous right now, he, he's on the bizarro Saints Mount He's got to be. He's got to be. And and I think – I will argue with you, he is the second-best quarterback in team history, but he still, he still belongs on bizarro Mount Rushmore because when people think of Aaron Brooks – they don't think of the playoff win. They don't think of the, the some awesome games he had in 2000. Kevin, what do they think of? 
Kevin, when, people, out, when, when you say the word Aaron Brooks to Saints fans, what do they think of? Uh, two images simultaneously, and they both sort of flash <laughs> like like uh, like like the last images of of a dying man's uh, life. Uh, one is that stupid fucking grin on his face when he peels the helmet off after throwing another late game interception, costing the fucking team again. And then the other one is the backwards pass to uh, who who is it? Wayne Dandy. There it is. Wayne, he might need to be nominated was, was, too. Yeah, there's another fucker guy. There's another motherfucker to put on the the, 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 the infamy <laughs> list. You I mean, I tell you what, if he, if he goes on if he goes on Mount Rushmore, it would have to be he would have to go like his head would have to be like off center or off sides in some capacity to sort of demonstrate what he's best known for. Uh, but, but, but Aaron Brooks, Jesus Christ, I watched the fucking video right before we started the podcast. And that is, that, that, that I mean, my God, man, that is the butt fumble before the butt fumble. And Deuce McAllister, God, I mean, God, God, God bless Deuce McAllister. He's the one fucking player that tries to do something. He sees what a goddamn disaster just occurred. He races down the field by himself. And instead of diving on the ball like a sad sack of shit, he says, you know what, I'm going to try and save this tremorsion uh, this of, of a play so it doesn't wind up in sports center uh, lore. And instead, what happens? Almost every goddamn Chargers defender suffocates him on the field. And, and, and you see Aaron Brooks like jogging in. Hey, dudes, are you all right? No, man, I just got fucking obliterated for trying to make something out of, out of this goddamn wreck you just did. Uh, maybe next time, turn the other way and throw it. I mean, oh. Jesus Christ on a crack. Deuce, Deuce should have been given a medal for that one so, play alone. So then it's unanimous? It's got to be. It's, it's, I mean, we, <laughs> we'll, we'll pick three next week maybe, but I, I think Aaron Brooks has got to be on there. I think... We, I got to do some research. I might. I'll, I'll email. I'll start an email chain with Hans. Probably, we gotta have. They gotta have somebody from '67 to like '85 that represents the fucking angst and disappointment of the first 19 years of the Saints. I don't know whose face that should be. Hell, it might be Archie. You might put Archie on Bizarro Mount Rushmore, um, but it, you got to have somebody from the '70s that encapsulates all the failure and heartache and stupidity of the Saints. I don't think Archie <laughs> qualifies because he. You're gonna get death threats for that I one. Know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, probably. Seriously. I think Archie was in the discussion for the Saints Mount Saints Mount Rushmore. So, like, like I said, I think if. If you're in the discussion to be in the top four in team history, then you can't be in the discussion for this. So I, yeah. I think that way it's in. But, you know, I, I'm going to lobby hard for Tom Dempsey because, I mean, only in New Orleans Saints history, especially from 67 to 85, could the biggest play in franchise history be the longest field goal in NFL history hit by a guy with a fucking mutant foot. So... <laughs> I mean, for me, 
you know, the half foot and, and the absurdity of him nailing a 63-yard field goal, which, by the way, cost him the first pick in the NFL draft, thanks to that win. Um, I mean, <laughs> it did, holy Tom, Tom, shit. That, for me, he's got to be on there, too. He's got to be. Yeah, I mean, because the thing is, for, like, that was it. When you were, when I, before, like, the age of, like, and he was terrible. Steps. Besides that, besides you were, that, that was it. Was pretty terrible. That was it. That was the Saints' only play, and they would, and, and every year primetime would show it when it was that date. That was it. That was their only good play they had. Yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, I think for old timers, maybe Kenny Kenny Ken Stabler because eighty three is so painful if you're an old time Saints fan. Gary they, Quazzo. What's that? Gary Quazzo? Oh, yeah. You know, who's, who's also, too, is, and this is my, this will be my geekdom of Saints history, Billy Newsom, when Bert, oh, yeah. the Saints had the number one pick the year, I think it was 74, they had the number one pick, and Bert Jones was the quarterback for LSU, and he was the consensus quarterback to take. And the Saints had it, but they also had Archie Manning, so they're like, we don't need a quarterback. So they traded the Colts, the number one pick for like not even their number one pick, like a second round pick and Billy Newsom and the old pro football weekly guy, Joel Bushbaum rated it the worst trade in NFL history. So that's kind of a, that's kind of a geek out history saints guy to put on there. But I mean, I feel like, I feel like Meekum's got to, got to, he's got to, and we'll do it next week. I think Meekum's at least got to come up for a vote because it just, just, I mean, he was 26 when he bought the Saints, or with his dad's money, of course. And and I feel like you can't, like, if if you say John Meekum to like a Saints fan over the age of 45, they just turn red and will say, say something vulgar. <laughs> you know, um, is, is Tom Desi unanimous, or is that up for discussion next week? I think I think Tom I think. I'm going to vote yes for Tom Dempsey, Kevin. I I, I don't I, I I'm leaning no. I, I and look I don't even want to I don't even want to cement Aaron Brooks in there. Yeah, well, no. Aaron sure, Brooks is just because Fuck you. Aaron Brooks is in. We'll we'll vote and make it official next week. But I, yeah, sure. I, I mean that, that, that's that's what I'm saying is I just want to just put it out there. You know, whenever the thing gets posted on Canal Street Chronicles, let let Cold Pizza, let Hans, let the older guys come in, or let 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 the fucking young Turks come in and start throwing names out. You know, and and then hopefully Dave will come back from his uh from his uh, uh junta in uh in in Atlanta, and uh and 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 we can uh you know parlay this whole thing. Ooh, ooh one last guy for consideration. Okay. You gotta you gotta consider Kyle Turley for the helmet throw. Come on. Ooh, I think that's a good that's a good that's and a, that's good too. That's a good choice. That's good too. Ooh, ooh, Russell Erkschleben. Yeah, ooh. Yeah. See, yeah. see, it's really hard, and and I feel like I feel like there's a lot of stuff. I I feel like those are great names, and I feel like I feel like we're probably missing a couple. Maybe that that the old time guys are going to bring up. Um, you know, and, and I would I even not. Like I'm gonna throw out one, one name, then we're gonna get to wrestling. Rick I feel like you only have one kicker, so you gotta decide between Dempsey and Eric Slater. Yeah, Russell. I would say this: Rick Venturi and Jim Hazlitt. 
Wow. I'm I also, I tell you what, up on them. I, I, and you see, you know, you say has with Eileen Venturi. <laughs> we'll get into it next week. We got to get to, we got to sure. get to Iron Eagle, AKA Kevin Held, who, if you don't follow him on Twitter, follow the man on Twitter because he tweets out his wrestling injuries, which are really fun, uh, pictures when you're not grossed out, um, by your pasty whiteness. Um, yeah, sorry. So, but I mean, so we're, we're, uh, so let's go to the we're going to the, we did we did the first round of the first bracket last week. Now we're going to go to the uh Kevin what bracket? This is the um I forget the this name is the of from, the This uh, is the from from parts unknown region. Yes, from parts unknown region. Um which it, it this bracket is interesting. I did the prep work um and also uh for the post we're going to have the bracket the, the song links from YouTube on the post, so you can if you if you don't hear the songs and you can click on them and you can listen, you'd be like, okay, that's what they when they talk about that, that's what they mean. This one has some inter- interesting choices. The number one seed is the Baddest Man Alive, um, by the Black Keys, uh, and it goes against Alex Chilton, um, and Kevin. I have to say, uh, Alex Chilton by the Replacements, it shouldn't even got a bit. I mean, it's a good song, but it's not entrance music. Like, it's not entrance music worthy. I don't think. I I, I got I when I was I I definitely agree with what you're saying. And again, that's why it's a 16. Um, I looked at it like again. I wanted to try and keep uh, like a, a a diverse sort of grouping, and and I was limiting myself to you know I limited myself to saying two songs at most from any particular band, any particular group. And I wanted to have, like, you know, some of that 80s sound, and I, I can't remember which song it was in the last... Oh, yeah, you know, we had Lunatic Fringe last week and uh, from uh, Red Rider, so there was an 80s tune, and I tried, to, I tried to spread out some 80s tunes throughout this whole thing, and that just ended up being one of them. And I settled on Alex Chilton over a couple of others because it felt, it felt a little harder... And, you know, if it, anybody that's listening to the, that hears the intro would hopefully understand that. But I, I get what you're saying, that maybe it's not a, a it's time to kick ass kind of theme. But it's, it's certainly, it's certainly different from what is out there in the promotion that I'm, that I would be wrestling in. Like, like I said last week, and I'll, I'll repeat it each week. Almost everybody goes with hip hop or like rap, and it's almost some of it is mostly indecipherable. And then there's two guys that go with like country tunes mm-hmm. that are kind of like it just it's head scratchers. So yeah, but, I'm obviously like reg- I think regardless of what what we what we decide on, I'm going to immediately stand out with the music selection. Well, I. I... I bashed the choice of the replay, Alex Chilton, but you had some inspired choices in this bracket. Andrew, give me your thoughts on these two songs, and then make a make a vote for me. I, I love the Black Keys. Definitely one of my – rock is a dying breed, and there's not a lot of good, young, new rock bands out there. And you know, I, I don't really consider the Black Keys even that young or new anymore. I mean, they've been around for a while, but – 
Um, but I love the band. Um, but I'm going to go with the upset here, and I'm going to pick a 16 seed because I like the 80s, and uh, as much as I love the Black Keys, this is not – I mean, there, there's probably 10 Black Keys songs I would pick over this one. So I'm going with the 16 seed in the upset. Uh, I'm going with Baddest Man Alive, Black Keys. Kevin, you break the tie. Fantastic. I, I love I love Andrew the Contrarian Jude. This is great. I, I, I love the whole week. You make the pick. I love it, too. Right. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm going with Baddest Man Alive. I, I, I get what... Uh, I understand Andrew's point about how you could pick other Black Keys songs. But you know what? This, 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 there are other Black Keys songs out there, but they don't fucking have RZA coming out talking about how... You can tell Great White Shark to brush his teeth. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I gotta give, I gotta give the nod to uh, to Baddest Man Alive. And plus, hell, the song title right there. There you go. I mean, if yeah. you're if you're a pro wrestler and, and you want to, you know, preen to the crowd and make them hate you, come That's out and it. talk about how how uh, how you tell a Great White Shark to brush his teeth and how you pull a crocodile by the tail. I mean, that whole yeah, the whole the whole first first part of the song should uh should get people riled up um yeah no it's a, it's, it's it's a good song so that that the number one seed will move on then we have the eight nine matchup uh sale by AWOL nation and then the nine seed in the evening led zeppelin um i'm gonna go led zeppelin um but I'm going to – Kevin, I'm going to make you do the second choice so we can flip it back on Andrew, and maybe he'll have to make a call. Yeah, yeah there we go. I'm, I'm – oh, see, that's what we need to start fucking doing. <laughs> although, although although here's the thing. Part of me fears that because he's the contrarian, he'll be like, oh, good, I'm going to pick a – I'm going to – I'm just going to, like, whatever the lower seed is just for the sake of it. Um. All right, well, I'll, I'll just explain, like, in the evening – I just fucking love that. I love that. That I, I was originally going to have that as higher than nine, but I thought when you're listening to it, it's a very, very slow buildup. So I immediately was like, all right, then we, we'd start it right before, right before the, the ass kicking starts. Like there's a good 40 seconds where there is nothing happening. It's just like, like a very slow build. And then finally, uh, Robert Plant, says in the evening and then the ass kicking commences. So it's that's where it would start. Yeah. And 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 it's definitely ass kicking. But because of that and because of how long it, it, it runs and how, you know, it's just it kind of meanders a little bit, I had to bump it down. Uh and sale by AWOL Nation, I, I I only learned about AWOL Nation like in the last, I don't know fuck the beginning of the year, I guess. And you know, this song just kind of like blows me away. It just, it, I don't know. It, it it just really strikes me as like a rough. Like I don't even know. I I don't even know if I could call it a rock song. Like it's it's like very synthesized, but uh, and 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 produced, but it all works. If that makes any sense, like it yeah. just it. It's very distorted and weird, but it totally works. So I will go AWOL Nation, and you went Led Zeppelin, so Andrew, you, you go on ahead and break the tie this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, uh, I think I'm going to, uh, well, first of all, I, I like your description. It, it kind of, a well nation kind of reminds me of uh, Nine Inch Nails, you know, where it's industrial and, you know, it's, it's really just Reznor doing the keys and, and the other instruments and he kind of throws it all together and somehow it just works. Um, so yeah. I'm a big Nine Inch Nails fan. So, so I like that song, but uh, look, I, I just don't think, I, I, I agree with your comments about Led Zeppelin and I think ultimately maybe that's what knocks the song out later down the road, but I just don't think you can have a, a competition with it like this um, without Led Zeppelin making some sort of run and being in the discussion yeah. and at least making it to the Sweet 16. So, um, dude, they're the forefathers. Of, of, none of these bands exist if, without Led Zeppelin. So, yeah. so okay. I'm going Led Zeppelin. So the nine will win that match. So now we go to the five twelve, which um, the five seed. I thought this was an inspired choice. Uh, Genesis uh, Justice, um, which if you don't know who it is, when you click on the link, you'll know it immediately because it's like in hundred commercials, um, which kind of taints my brain, Kevin. Because I think of it, I always think of like car commercials when I hear it, but. I think that is a great intro song. Uh, it's going against Thunder Kiss 65 by White Zombie, which... Oh, God. I like a lot. There are some things for White Zombie that I really like, and there's other things that I really hate. I fucking hate Thunder Kiss 65. So you could have me playing the guitar, uh, doing a, a horrible version of Margaritaville, and I would vote for myself over Thunder Kiss 65. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. So I vote uh, Genesis by Justice. Uh, Andrew, uh, you're, you are uh, on the clock to make a selection. I feel like, you know that face you make when you smell something that it's not <laughs> utter, it's not utterly rotten. It's not like so bad that you're like projectile vomiting immediately or, you know, you're, you're just like, oh my God, what is that? You know, but you just, you just kind of have that subtle, just where you kind of just drop your lips and you kind of raise your, your you lower your eyebrows and you kind of squish up your forehead. You, you smell something that doesn't smell right and you kind of make that face. You, you know the face I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like there's few rock songs where, like, you hear this riff that's just nasty and, and thumping and you immediately make that face. You know, but, it, but it's, it, it's the same face, the exact same look. It's something that smells a little funny, but the 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 meaning behind it is completely flipped on its head. You know, you're you're making that face because you're like, oh my god, this is just nasty. I love it. This is just raw, and and that's what I view the Thunder Kid '65. Just the opening riff. The I mean, it's just it's a kick in the balls. And there's few there. You know, there's maybe there's maybe 50 songs out there that. You know, you, you immediately hear that opening riff, and you're like, oh, God, here it is. Here it is. And, and, and I, I think as an entrance song, that's what you want. That's what you want. You, someone hears that song, and immediately they think to themselves, oh, shit. So I'm going with White Zombie. I mean, <laughs> that, that whole album, La Sexorcista, Devil Music, Volume 1, is, is a great album. You should go buy it. I mean, it's, for, for rock fans, it, it's one of the great albums i think of, of the late 80s early 90s and look everything after that with white zombie and then rob zombie kind of went to shit like he can he had singles here and there that were decent but 
Um, he never really recaptured the magic of that first album. Um, and now he's kind of a one-trick pony and puts a lot of trash out there, this borderline techno. And he did that cover of Brick House with Lionel Richie. My God, Rob Zombie, why? Why did you do that? Completely pissed on his legacy. Anyway, I'm going Thunder wow. 65. Kevin? Wow. That is, okay, so I've found a new thing to check after this podcast, and Jesus Christ. Lionel Richie and Rob Zombie, that's a pair. Dude, they, uh, dude there is on YouTube, Google it, look at it on YouTube. There is a live performance of Lionel Richie oh. and Rob Zombie doing Brick House. It is the biggest atrocity you will ever see. That's worse than, it's worse than Lemon Party, Juge. And Lemon it's Party. It's worse than Lemon Party. <laughs> and Lemon Party that you gave to the world is, is pretty fucking yeah, bad. Yeah, so go ahead, that, yeah. Kevin. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go, Gen- I'm gonna go uh, Genesis by Justice uh, over Thunderkiss 65. Um, I, get, I get what... I. I'm u- and I'm using Andrew's logic here, like, the intro of a song, like, when you hear it, you're like, oh, shit. And, and I use that to answer, Ralph, to answer you, Ralph, to what you were saying about how when you hear it, you do think of a car commercial. However, before you get to that car commercial, before you get to the part that makes you think of the fucking car commercial, you get a fucking war beat. I mean, a beat that, like, if you put, if you put, like, a Roman centurion helmet on your head, and you were hearing that, you want to fuck shit like, up. All right. you, you do. You want to fuck shit up. Right, right. Like, when you hear the first, like, 20 to 30 seconds of that song of Genesis by Justice, you're immediately like, all right, shit is about to go down, and, and, and somebody's going to get smashed. Yeah. It may be the guy coming out of the room, and in, because it's me, it might end up being me, <laughs> or 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 it's going to be this poor fucker in the ring. I don't know. All I know is something bad is going to happen to somebody. Yeah, and and that song and that song just really puts like a lot of that that, that vibe in there. It's it, you know, oh shit, like that's it. Andrew Andrew summed it up perfectly right there. You 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 hear the first few seconds of the song, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> and so, so I'm, gonna, I'm using that as I'm using that as the judgment on this yeah. one. All right, so Genesis by Justice. We'll move on. And then we have this one, and, and and this one, number four seed, Millionaire by Queens of the Stone Age. Really good song. But and this is complete bias. I know it, it, it should it should probably be a thirteen seed, but in my mind, it should not be. It's way way better than a thirteen. Is I get I wet by Andrew WK, and that, my friend, is an inspired fucking choice. Um, so, uh, Kevin, you can go first, and you decide on this one in the four thirteen matchup. Um. Okay. So, Queens of Stone Age. I, I've got the album that this is on. I, 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 love, I love Queens of the Stone Age. They're, they're an underrated band uh, to a degree in that they never got the, the major radio play and major acceptance that a lot of you know groups in the late 90s or early 2000s seem to get, at least according to my recollection. And Millionaire was, is one of those songs that should have been a radio hit. It just it starts off, you know... It's got a it's got a nice little like guitar lick to start off, and then boom! It just within like five or ten seconds, it it really kicks it into high gear, and it's just one of those like you can't totally understand what the guy's saying, but you got this vague idea of what he's saying, 
and you just get the vibe that, all right, it's, it's, it's time to go to school. It's, it's time to go to school, and, and, and we're going to school, you know, we're going 60 and 25. That's the, that's the way we're going to school. Speed, speed limit be damned. And, you know, that's, the, that's a great vibe. And all that said... Andrew WK, Andrew WK is fucking brilliant. I, I will, I will argue anybody that says otherwise. The guy's a certifiable genius and a madman. And I get wet. It starts off like it's a fucking orchestra piece, and then dev- and then devolves brilliantly into nonsensical rock, and it's great. And and it's just and it's Andrew WK just screaming and wailing the entire time. I love that song. And 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 it's it's again great riff, great intro. And I I ended up going with I get wet over over uh over uh the girl is beautiful in this in this particular one because I, I ended up picking a different Andrew WK song down the road in a future bracket. And I went with I get wet over uh the girl is beautiful. Because I get wet works better as a potential wrestling song. So what's your pick? Uh, you know I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go Millionaire by Queens of the Stone Age. I could literally I could totally flip a coin over this and not have any uh, not have any problem whatsoever. And so I'm fine. Uh, Andrew, you go ahead. This is really tough for me, this one, because I'm a huge Queens and Stone Age fan. In fact, I just bought their new album, and I'm starting to digest it now. It came out on Tuesday. And um, yeah, another solid, solid um, performance. You know, Josh, the lead singer and guitar player, is a genius. I mean, and I, so it's really challenging for me because I feel like Andrew WK is more like, it's more, it's not really, it's kind of cock rock, you know. It's really, it's anthemic, you know. It's really... It's more of an anthem where I view Queens of the Stone Age as more artsy and, and just a great technical band that writes just incredibly complex music. Um, so, you know, if I'm comparing the two, I mean, if we're talking talent, um, you know, obviously Queens of the Stone Age gets the edge, but for an entrance song, you kind of want something that's more anthemic. So, um, you know, maybe Andrew WK deserves more discussion there. So um, I'm I'm really, really torn on this one. Uh, but I think I have to give the nod to the Queens of Stone Age. All right, then it's up to me. I, I just Andrew W. I, well, I already, I already said Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, you did. I'm sorry, losing. And, oh, oh, that's okay. But, but I mean, hey, say what you feel about Andrew W. K. I, I love him, and I just feel like I get wet is would be one of the, would be. It's too bad that it's lost because it is a it is a great entrance song that people would be like, what the fuck is that? Like it, it's really, it's it's a really good one tonight. But yeah, I'm 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 flipping, I'm flipping, Ralph. You <laughs> sold me. I agree. I'm changing. You're flipping. I convinced flip. you. All right. I, yeah. I just feel like for Kevin because he's so weird and pasty white. Like he needs he needs something that's off kilter. But yeah, I agree. Kind of yeah. angry, and that's what the beginning of "I Get Wet" kind of does. So that's why I think yeah. it's a good fit for My him. My personal so. taste leans Queens of the Stone Age, but I have to be—I have to take a step back here and think what is there for Kevin in this exercise. And you're right. Yeah. I'm, I'm so important. I All right. And you know what? I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking that step back and saying 
what will serve Kevin in this? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's the kind of, thought, we... that's the kind of thoughtfulness. That's the kind of thoughtfulness that that that, that makes us uh internet podcast Twitter bros. Yeah, because Kevin, we, we either want you to be the intercontinental champion or we want you to get totally destroyed in the ring. Either way, it's right. for us. We just want right. to be entertaining. Exactly. No middle ground. No no middle ground. Nah, that was kind of fun. No, we either want you holding a belt for like the East St. Louis wrestling champion or we want you carried off on a stretcher. It's yeah. right. Okay, not a problem. So, so now we have the six versus eleven match matchup. Six is ashes to ashes, face face no more, and eleven is that kind of man, the heavy. I like the heavy. That kind of man is not one of the songs that I really prefer from them. So I got to go ashes to ashes, faith no more on this one. Uh, faith no more. They have. They would be like. I wouldn't say they would be like a dynasty for intro music uh, if if this was a sport, but they'd be like – they'd be pretty close. They'd be like that ter- that team that's in the tournament every year and is like churning out three and four seeds. Like they got a lot of good music. So I'm going to go Ashes to Ashes. Andrew, what's your pick here? I mean this isn't even a discussion. Um, it's a layup for Andrew. Ashes to Ashes is actually um, on their – fourth or fifth album um but if you're not familiar with faith no more and you like rock music and you just want to you want a song you want just an album from front to back that is just amazing go download the real thing by faith no more and go download angel dust ashes ashes on neither of those albums but um you'll learn something about music and rock history and and you will wear those two albums out i promise you if you like rock um, but Ashes to Ashes is another great song. Faith No More, one of my favorite bands. There's no competition here. Kevin. Yeah, and 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 I'll I'll, I'll make it a three. I'll make it a three beat. Uh, Ashes to Ashes, Faith No More. I mean, and again, I had to institute Faith No More was was the was the group that made me realize. Wait a minute, I have to institute a two song rule uh, here because I could have because I was thinking, all right, Ashes to Ashes, last cup of sorrow. Uh, we care a lot. Epic. Be aggressive. Uh, Epic. Yeah, be aggressive. I mean, shit. The 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 the, the, the uh, midnight cowboy instrumental. You know, with, with yeah. the with, with the uh, with the accordion. I was like, fuck. That would be weird, and would work as as a wrestling theme. So I ended up having to pare it down to, and you'll hear the uh, you'll find out the uh, the other one in a in a future bracket. Yeah, so. that kind of heavy. I, that not even eleven seed is way over. I would say at best that that should have been like a fifteen sixteen. But let's go on to the to the three verse fourteen matchup. Uh, Bulls on parade, uh, wow. rage against the machine, and a song that I had not known about, which is strange because I used to be a big Fear Factory fan. Uh, Cars, the remixed Fear Factory with Gary Newman. Um, so. Kevin, I'm going to let you start this one. Which way do you go in the 3 versus 14 matchup? Uh, okay. I'm going to be I'm I'm going I'm going upset here. I'm going 14 cars the remix because you know, I said earlier I was looking for for 80s vibes and and yeah. for 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 different things. And it's like I first heard this, you know, I first heard the Cars remix and, and, and this is going to sound terrible. I heard the Cars remix before I heard the original. Wow. 
I, I know, and and that's I know. I, I mean, I didn't watch that much. I didn't watch that Pan TV in the '80s as a kid. I didn't start watching until like again. I, I unfortunately didn't start getting into music until you know, 91, 92, when Runs was coming around. So that's where I sort of jumped off. Yeah, and by then, MTV, a huge chunk of it wasn't videos. Exactly. Even, even then. So, and, and so, and then even then, when I was getting into 80s stuff, it ended up being more more poppy 80s stuff, which was still fine, but I didn't get into what was the, what was like good rock at the time. Like, shit, I unfortunately, I sadly didn't get into the fix until after I was out of college. And, and you know, that's, that's just like a damn shame. And sadly, the fix isn't even in this damn tournament. <laughs> but, but if you listen to Gary Newman's original car song, it's just, it's, it's too 80s. It's a little too 80s. And his, his voice in that, in that version is a little bit too high for being a, wrestling int- for being a wrestler entrance theme. And thus, the Fear Factory remix, it's way more rocking. It's way more rocking. And yes, it has Gary Newman in there, and he's far, and he's way older, he's way grimier, he's way more weathered and beaten down, but he's rocking, and it works. And Bulls on Parade, I love Rage Against the Machine. I could, I could, fuck, I could fire, uh, and of course now I'm, I'm, Fucking, I, yeah, it's the self-titled. I'm, I was trying to wonder what the hell the name of the album was with the, the monk on fire, but it's like, no, 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 it's a self-titled. I could listen to that album front to back after this podcast, next week, the week after. I could listen to that every week. And Bulls on Parade, it's just like, if you tell somebody Rage Against the Machine, I feel like that's one of those de facto songs. It's like, if you needed to pick out like some hard-ass stuff, I just feel like that would be like a de facto song that somebody would pick for anything. Well, you know, Bulls on oh. Parade isn't on that album, though. No, 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 no. I, I know it's on Evil Empire, but I, I'm just yeah. saying, like, Rage Against Machine, I can listen to the self-titled album front to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Day of the week. Like, Evil Empire, Evil Empire has, has, has it's definitely strong shit, and Bulls on Parade is definitely strong, but I feel like if you were a if, shit, if you were an athletic, if you were an athletic football team, if you were an athletic team, and you wanted some hard stuff to come out to, and you know the the late twenty, early thirties assistant coach was like, "Coach, I got this awesome music that we're going to break out, that we're going to burst through the banner with, and and you know when we take the field, and we're going to go up against Tech uh, this weekend." Let's 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 do it. And then the coach is like, all right, I don't give a shit. I'm not picking the song. So fine. The the assistant coach fires up this, and it works. But it's like the de facto music. So I'm going with weird over over the consistent. Andrew. Uh, well, Bulls on Parade for me. I mean, I, any kid that was playing guitar at that time, and I was certainly one of them. Um, that song kind of revolutionized the wah-wah pedal. And, you know, it existed obviously prior to that song, but um, I feel like when that single came out, um, any kid that was playing guitar immediately ran to the store and um, and bought a wah-wah pedal and, and obviously tried to emulate that that, that first riff, the wow wow you know, with, uh, with Bulls on Parade. And 
you know, I love Rage, and, uh, you know, I, if I was going to go with the Cars, I would just go with the original. So, uh, <laughs> for me, for me, it's a no-brainer. I mean, it's got to yeah. be, this, gotta is, be Rage. this is tough because I think, in my mind, for Kevin's intro music, you don't want the the normal so you're always looking for something different like I, you know, like I did with uh with Genesis. But Bulls on Parade is so good. I feel like if if Kevin could take some steroids and gain like 40 pounds, it'd be <laughs> for him. So I'm going to go I'm going to go Bulls on Parade. If so Kevin, get the juice in if Bulls on Parade makes the final four. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's that's a great example for the kids. Uh, okay. Um, so now we got the seven ten matchup. Uh, my wave uh, versus uh, my wave from Soundgarden versus ten Vitamin Incubus. Um, this one, my wave from Soundgarden is one of those songs you hear all the time. Um, so I went Vitamin Incubus. Um, Kevin, your thoughts on this one? Uh. I, it's like, okay, when I made the original list, I had, I sent the list out to you, Andrew, Dave, Hans, Wang, and, and a couple other people, and Wang, you know, at first I was, like, begging for people to help, and Wang just fires back, hey, dude, you guys, you got enough, like, crazy shit, I think he was impressed by the, by the, by the addition of Particle Man, I don't know, but he was just like, you got enough shit in here that it's pretty, pretty crazy, and, and, it, and you're doing all right. But then he came back a little later and said, you know what, I would, I would go with this. At least there were like five or six suggestions. And one of them was uh, Incubus's uh, vitamin. And he said, he was saying, because there's some lyrics in there that could really tie into what you're trying to do. So, and, and the lyric in particular is, you stare at me like I'm a vitamin on the surface you hate, but you know you need me. I'll come dressed as any pill you deem fit, whatever helps you swallow the truth all the more easily. And it's like, if, if you want to sell me on a song for, for, the, for, for the purposes of this, he, he figured out the, the perfect way to do it. It's like, get to the, get to the lyrics, and, and the lyrics are pretty straightforward, uh, you know, projected at, at you in, in the song. So it's not like you have to worry about deciphering anything. So sure, I could definitely see that working, and and that's why I uh, scratched out some other things and found a way to include it on the list. But at the same time, I mean, I know you say Soundgarden, you know, my wave is 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 uh, pretty ubiquitous. But man, that opening riff. Yeah, it says true. That opening riff is just like, you know, and, and I'm not even going to attempt to try and do it on with my voice because it would just <laughs> I, I I couldn't do it. But it's the great riff, and then you get like a wah, like like you know you talk about the the, the wow wow effect. Like I, I'm thinking it's it's like you're you're bending you're bending strings, you, you're you're hitting the uh, the uh, the 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 whammy bar, and and you're doing a lot of crazy shit. On top of that, you get Chris Cornell. I mean, if we're comparing voices, Chris Cornell's voice is it's a great rock voice. So I, I I gotta go my wave on that. So Andrew, you decide it. Soundgarden. All right. Simple. No. Period. Uh, end of, period. End of story. Yeah. 
All right, so the final the final matchup from this bracket, the two versus fifteen, two young man dead, black angels, uh fifteen ready for the fight, young punks in count base D. Uh Andrew, I'll start with you. Uh where do you go for this one? Uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of each song actually. Um, but I, I just think the I'm gonna go for the upset here because ready for a fight is just so apropos. Great and, lyrics, um, too. It's got some great lyrics. Great, great lyrics. And, again, I, I'm kind of picturing that Kevin is never going to intimidate his opponent with his stature. You know, uh, his opponent <laughs> is not going to look at Kevin and say – Well, he gains 40 pounds on Roy's, he might. True, true. <laughs> um, so, but until until that happens, I'm not sold on Kevin's ability to intimidate with looks. Um, therefore, I feel like – there, he needs to sell the crazy screw loose angle. You know, the you know if this guy isn't going to beat my ass because he's physically imposing, maybe he's got the rage factor I don't know about. Maybe there's something beneath the surface. And so ready for a fight to me signifies the screw loose. The um, I don't I don't care how weak or strong how strong you are how weak I am. I'm going to tear out your esophagus and feed it to your kids. So. <laughs> Um, I'm going with the upset. All right. Uh, I, I'm going to go – I wanted to go young – you know what? I'm going to go young man dead just yeah, so Holt has to make a decision on this because that great. makes it fun. So that will make the, the show a good way to wrap up. Um, Wonderful. But ready for fight is just great lyrics all around. But, Held, I want to I put you on the spot. So I'm going to go young man great. dead by Black Angels, which is a real solid song. I wouldn't have had it a two seed, but – it's really, really, it's it's a really, really good entrance music song. All right, so I'll start off by upset, saying, Kevin, go for the upset. I'll start off by saying these two things. Number one, when I was first come trying to come up with, with entrance songs, Young Man Dead was one of the first, I don't know, six or seven songs that went on my list. Hence why it ended up being a two seed. I admit that it could be a little bit lower uh, in, in hindsight, but again, you're looking at a one man. Uh, one-man tournament committee, essentially. And the 15 seed, let me just say, everybody who listens to the podcast, if you work out, if you exercise, and you got and you take an iPad, an iPod with you, and you want something to help you on the treadmill or get through a couple of last reps, go on ahead and download Ready for the Fight because it's a really solid, solid song and and I really can't say enough about it. I feel like and it needs to be the Saints you, need to make that a in, they need to work that in for their for their uh their little video montage. I feel like they need to work like ready for a fight would be a great off brand choice. Yeah. And because I mean it's it's pretty old. It's it's definitely it's several years old and it's and it's just a fun video. It's kinda like uh, hip hop but not like hardcore hip-hop. It's just fun, bouncy stuff. Uh, All that said, I'm I'm going Young Man Dead by the Black Angels because, and I I gotta go to, I'm gonna go with something, I gotta go with something Andrew said. If I'm coming to the ring, I'm gonna want people to, 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 to sort of be wondering, or I'm gonna want the audience to say, Hey, something weird is going on here. Yeah, or, or to get an unpleasant, or to get an unpleasant vibe. 
And the intro, the young man dead, it literally sounds like it's being played on one string of a guitar. And then even when it kicks in, it's a lot of bass, it's the like drum. And when the guy starts singing, it's this weird, shrill voice. And he's just, and it just sounds like he's talking about guys charging uphill in a, in, in a battle. Yeah, so it's like, it's, it's guys, it's, it's a, it, it feels like it's a song about a group of guys trying to go uphill to take something. Like they're already, they're already at a disadvantage. Yeah, and you, if you're not going to get roided up, you really yeah, exactly. have to make the whole arena feel uncomfortable. Exactly. So, that's the so only way I need you're gonna to go. Win. I need to go. I either need to go. You know, make them feel uncomfortable, make them feel weird, make them feel terrified, or or make them feel like a fucking car crash is going to happen, and it's either going to be me or him that's going to wind up being journeyed out. So you know, it's it's all about trying to figure out what uh, what, what what's going to work best. Yeah. So let me, let me just say either song. And no chance against my wave in the next round. Yeah, well, I, I would I would say that's probably I would say that that's probably true. But so that will wrap up this bracket, um, and we'll get to we got two more brackets to go. But it's getting to that point where once the Saints don't have a mini camp, we won't have shit to talk about. So we may just do in a complete hour of wrestling intro music next week. Uh, I can't. Hey, and, and look, if worse comes to worse, I can always come up with help Kevin decide what his, what his wrestling name really is going to be. It is, because after we I mean, do that and Bizarro Mount Rushmore, we're going to be hurting for topics, you know, because uh, I've been lazy about getting guests, so. Is, is my rendition of Iron Eagle still in the tournament? Uh, yes, your rendition of Iron Eagle is still in the tournament. It's, it's, uh, it's in there. It's I'm keeping it in there under the condition that, that, that if it does advance into a, a wider voting block, that, that it has to be a longer version. Okay. Like, a, like at least a good two minutes. Uh, and, I, I, and, 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 and I, look, I, and I tweeted this to Andrew the other day, and he and I had a nice back-and-forth Twitter conversation about this. I'm, I'm giving serious consideration to finding a way to put... Uh, to put the the reins of Castamere in in this tournament, and oh. I don't know what I would eliminate, but 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 I'm really trying to figure out a way to put the reins of Castamere in there because I threw that out there on Twitter the other day, and Jude was like, "Dear God, this song is mortifying." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's I mean, and if you don't know what the I mean, shit, look up reins of Castamere. It's the it's, it was the at last it was the episode nine from Game of Thrones that everybody was losing their shit over, but it's a song by the National, and look it up and it's basically like imagine a young Tom Waits singing, a, uh, yeah like 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 like, like skulking about like. Something bad is is just I don't even know I don't even know how to describe it. Just a young Tom Waits. Yeah, look, we're gonna do a quick spoiler alert for Game of Thrones. Uh, you know, a lot of people fucking die. There's your spoiler. Alert. A lot of people die, and people for Game of Thrones they were bitching about how the book 
was so much more intense and foreboding and bloody. I never read the fucking books, but I saw that. Let me tell you, that book, it must just like when you read the page of the blood, just must come at you. I don't know how yeah, much, it, it, how it much gorier you can fucking be. Right, it, it must be the fucking book from the Evil Dead because I can't imagine the 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 stuff, the shit that I saw happening in a book and it being that fucking graphic to me. Well, because that was a it, lot of a lot of what the fuck. It, it, it angered me a little because I really liked those characters, but it also made me excited because that me, you know, the thing about Game of Thrones, they'll kill fucking anybody because they already have the book, so they don't have to like most TV shows. Two years down the line, they don't know what episodes they're going to write because they're not done yet. This series, it's already got the book, so they know where they're going. And it makes me really excited because I, even though I haven't read the books, I know in my heart eventually King Joffrey's going to get it, and it's going to be fucking awesome. Hey, hey, look, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I hope I I want him to. I want him to die a gory fucking death because I imagine him as being Roger Goodell from Middle Earth. That's... (laughs) <laughs> well, actually, let's 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 straighten out our 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 our, our uh, not science fiction, but whatever the fuck it is. Our, our let's straighten out the fictional universes. The Roger Goodell of Westeros, not not Middle Earth. That's Lord of the Rings uh, stuff. Yeah, I get I get my I get my nerddom confused sometimes. But. Yeah. Well, hey, you know you're dealing with you're dealing with a guy. Who's looking for a pro wrestling entrance fee? I'll come correct on the. Uh, I'll, I'll help the deviate between Westeros and uh, and Middle Earth. Yeah. So people, you have ninety minutes of this podcast. If you, if you listen to the end, you did a good job of not doing any work on Friday, and we thank yeah, you. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah, seriously. You were yeah. the Deuce McAllister of the Aaron Book backward pass. Yeah. Or Clapiel, Clapiel. So go. Yes, Clapiel, Clapiel. <laughs> go to Saints Nation. Go to Canal and help us in the thread to get the Bizarro Saints Mount Rushmore completed. Follow Kevin Held on Twitter and harass him to write more. Um, so for these two knuckleheads, I'm Ralph Marlboro. Uh Until next week, be safe. From Eagles.